welcome to the Light Gate. Tonight we have open forum and lots of questions and answers will be happening tonight. And I hope everybody remembers to type them in the comment section so that we can answer. And uh, we are coming live from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana at one of uh, the United Public Radio Network at 105.3 and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 107.7 FM. And I did it backwards. Sorry, switch back. <laughs> we're on Roku. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on uh, YouTube. And uh, I'm just excited. Can you tell? I do things inside out when I get excited. Uh, Preston, <laughs> hi. Oh. <laughs> hi, Dolly. Um, yeah, thanks for everyone for being here. I'm Preston Dennett. I'm your host of The Light Gate. Gosh, I don't know what episode this is. 27, 26, somewhere around there. Yep. And my lovely co-host is, of course, Dolly Safran. A contactee and back and do today. Yeah. <laughs> and subject of my book, Symmetry. And yeah, I think we're gonna have a pretty exciting show. We have a great bunch of guests. You know who you are. I'll get to you in a second, but first I want to say hi to all of you. <laughs> um, so uh yeah, I see a very familiar crowd here. Hello, tools. Very nice to see you here. Ah, rat food. This is your first live show. Awesome. Well, oh, wow. an interesting oh. one. And Rad Peanut, hello. Thanks for being here. This time I get to spend lots of time introducing the guests because yes, you do. guys are our guests. That's right. And we're really hoping you have some questions for us. I see just a few so far. That's all right. We have plenty to talk about. Don't be shy. Um, Looking forward to it, says one R wedding. Can we ask questions? Yes, please. Yes. Definitely. Don't worry about putting them in caps, though that's always helpful. Hello, Ruth Kleiber. Thanks for joining us. Neural channels. Yes, we are here to answer your questions uh, about anything. Current events, cases I've researched, experiences Dolly's ha had, anything about my previous books. Ghost Encounters, because it is almost Halloween. I've got a few I'd like to share anyway. Yep. So, yeah, ask us anything. Hello, Janice. Thanks for joining us tonight. And Vicky. Hello, Vicky. Yes, you are welcome. You are our guests tonight. So thanks for being here. And this should be fun. Hello, Scuba Maru. So let's see. And this is me. Hello, me. Yeah. <laughs> I am just having fun. <laughs> so who else do we got here? Ah, Nancy Thames. Thanks for joining us. Definitely. That's awesome to see you here. Hello, Doxy. A very friendly and familiar face. Louise, greetings from New Jersey. I've been there once when I was a little kid. I think I was six, yeah, six years old. Who else do we got here? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's our main crowd right there, pretty much. I'm sure there's a few others that I have skipped. Maria Maria, hello. Thanks for being here. And... Don't forget Dana. Ah, there she is. Dana, Dana Matthews. Matthews. <laughs> Dana Carlson, let's see. Who's this? Oh, that's Dolly. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, if you we're having a live Halloween party tomorrow. We just played the promo. So all the hosts of the producers who are doing our show are gonna be there. And all, all the other shows. shows that are in our network. Yep. yep. Be a full house. Yep. That should be a lot of fun. I'll see if I can find a costume. I have one. Ah, thank you, Namaste. I truly appreciate the donation through Super Chat. It helps a lot. So thank you very, very much. And here is Scarlet Fire. Oh, my favorite Martian. Thank you so much. Remember that show, My Favorite Martian? Ray Walston wants to watch that all the time. Okay. <laughs> ah, Brian Morgan. Yes, it is that time. And here is Michael. I'm so sorry you're sick. We're all sending you healing. I know. Thoughts. Healing thoughts. Sick. Healing ah, Renee Cruz. Hey. Hi, Renee. Well, <laughs> we've been wanting to do this Q&A for a while. We were actually advised by our producers that it would be a good idea to interact with all you guys, and it's been something we wanted to do. We had an opening that we kept open just for this specific you know, occasion. Thank you, Terry D, for the super chat. Always, always appreciated. Hello, Salvador. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, please get those questions in. I see a few already. So pretty, pretty excited about it. I am putting little stars next to them. Oh, Doxy, thank you so much for the donation. Truly, truly appreciate. Thank you very, very much. And who else do we have here? Star Orchid. Eight. Yes, we've got a wonderful group here. Lots of people already. And thank you very much, Tools. Wow, happy Halloween. Thank you so very much. Your generosity warms my heart. Hello, Natasha. Thank you very much. Okay, there's a question. I'm going to put a star on that one. Christopher Harmon says, I should have dressed up. I'm in my human costume. <laughs> but you never heard that one before. For a Halloween party tomorrow and dress up for that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh, you guys are so wonderfully generous. Thank you very much, Dana. We love you too and really appreciate your support. Ooh, another question. Okay. I think we're pretty much getting ready to start here because I could go on for a while. Special Forces. Hello. Ah, Susan. Susan's a prior guest. She's also a chapter in my book, Humanoids and High Strangeness. I love her all the way to the moon and beyond. Okay. Who else? Do, 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 do. Okay. The questions are stacking up, so I better get started. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, you guys. Now I'm feeling a little bit better. I was hoping you would have questions. <laughs> Neural channels, thank you so much. Okay. Let's see. Um, all right. I think that's all the hellos we have time for. So we're already a good 15 minutes in, 10 minutes in. We definitely want to save time for all you guys. So, yeah, a huge thanks. And I'll just tell, tell you guys a little bit about myself because uh, I think this might help kick off some of the questions. I got involved in this field 
1986 when I was 21 years old and found out that my brother had seen a UFO. Two of my sister-in-laws had seen ETs. One of my sister-in-laws also saw UFOs. I had several friends who had very close up encounters. One had missing time. And at least three people at the office where I worked had very close encounters. One had missing time and another, her daughter, saw gray ETs. So that's what got me involved. It took me about a year to wrap my head around it. But I started buying all the books on this subject, joined all the organizations. I became a field investigator for MUFON, took their test, started interviewing people formally, and started writing articles for the local newspaper and various journals. After about 10 years of that, I put about 30 articles out and put out my first book, UFO Healings. That was in 1996. And since then, I've been putting out on the average a book a year. So I'm up to 31 books now. And that's me in a nutshell. I've had probably a dozen encounters, some very close ones. Uh, missing time once. I've communicated with UFOs and definitely been taken on board. I've got some real honest-to-God memories about that. So always happy to talk about that. And yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about ghosts. Of course, it being Halloween, because I've got a few ghost encounters under my belt and I've investigated some amazing stories. But I'm going to hand it over to Dolly so she can talk a little bit about herself. <laughs> oh joy! Oh, okay, well, pretty fun. Just you know, five minutes. I'm a generational contactee. My father was a contactee, and many of my other relatives on his side, and a few on my mom's. Uh, my mother probably was one, but she rejected everything and had nothing to do with it. Um, let's see. Uh, my first known that I remember experience. I was ten months old. I was in my crib, and uh, that was a really cool day. Um, most of my memories before the age of 14 were disjointed. Um, they were in snatches. I knew what was happening to me, but my mom was trying to convince me that I was dreaming or losing my mind. And uh, just before I turned 14, I decided that, you know what, I'm either crazy or I'm okay. And so I went through a very long and rigorous uh, discovery of just what was going on. And it was a really cool day then too. Um, I've had uh, many, many years experience. I'm 65 now. I started flying uh, UFOs uh, when I was uh, 19 years old. Um, I had my uh, first uh, solo flight right after my 19th birthday. Um, I have worked with people in the Midwest and the East and some places around the world, and I've done some really cool things with ETs. I've been many places and done many things. I've been to the ET Tall Gray Home World, which, by the way, they refer to it. It's not a name. It is like, you know, we are the people. It's their idea of their home and the people that live there, and they call it Ndioma. Um, let's see. Just all kinds of things. I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm a zookeeper. Uh, I've done all kinds of things. So uh, I'm a, a we're a lifeguard and a bus, lifeguard. bus driver. Yeah. I did all kinds Security of things. Yard. Worked in the military, worked for the federal government. Um, I've had lots of experiences. I'm I'm probably a typical uh, contactee in that we don't just stay in one thing all the time. We're evolving through this lifetime and 
we tend to seek out many experiences and up the gain on our wisdom and our knowledge. And that's why there's so much going on with me. Uh, let's see. And yeah, that's who I am. Hi. <laughs> so, I've worked as a carpet cleaner, landscaper. Yeah. I sung on a record when I was 11 years old. <laughs> I got to hear it. I heard it. Yep. I was a fast food worker. I did data entry. I've consulted for the show Sightings. That was really cool. I did a little tiny acting gig once. My, my family was in the movie business. So I've had a few professions myself, but 35 years working at an office doing data entry and bookkeeping. Ugh, that's over now. I do yeah. this full time. All right. So let's read the bio of our guests. Hmm. I don't think I can do that, Dolly. There's too no. many of you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll just have to get right to the questions then. Right. Okay. <laughs> We have a lot of them. I'm so excited, you guys. So let's see. Here is the first question, which comes from Tools, who was first in. And the question from Tools is for you, Dolly, and I will read it out loud because we do have an audience who cannot see okay. our pictures. So the question is from Tools, and he asks, Dolly, we have all seen many depictions of small grays. Each one is different. Do you have one that best represents a true look of a small gray? Ah. Uh, yeah, it's in symmetry, actually. I, I penciled it in. I have to remember that I'm not that good of an artist. Not like, you know, a lot of Preston's a really good artist. Kassara is an unbelievable artist. I'm mostly a watercolor and an oil painter. So drawing is not my forte. Uh, but I put one in there of a small gray. It largely uh, looks a little bit more, uh, I guess you want to call it detailed, than Whitley's. Um, I don't, their noses really don't show their nostrils. And uh, the one in Whitley's shows the nostrils, and I don't know how that happened, but that's them. They're artificial intelligence, and they are biological. They're really very cool, and they really have no emotions. Um, I think the, the length of time that they've uh, been built and been in existence they, they do have quirks, you know, some AI programs even here develop quirks, you know, little mental calculations of, of self. And uh, so some of the grays are perversely, hysterically uh, jokey and funny. And they, they're sardonic as I'll get out. And so I've had moments of sardon, you know, sardonic interactions with them that leaves me like, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what they look like. They recall their skin is very, very, gray it has blue undertones very light blue undertones that's a tall gray that's mama and she's about six foot two she's over 800 years old and she said draw me and draw me from the side and i'm like why and she said because i want them to see the shape of my head and i'm like okay so there's mama her head is very big for her body as you can tell and that is the shape of her head i did get that part right um the rest i'm just sort of like an average you know she has very slopey shoulders and she loves to wear gingham dresses with big pockets in them. That's her fun thing to do. And uh, that's who she is. Okay. I'm seeing if I can pull up a drawing from Christy, who's the artist. Uh, here's one. So let me see if this works. That's almost, that's real close. That's real close. The nose is different. Okay. A lot of um, uh, modern renditions of the grays have the nostrils, you know, up. It's not. They're down like us. They have low noses like we do. 
and all, but they have very small mouths. They have very um, pointy faces, chins, and huge eyes. And uh, Christy got the thing with the almost totally, she was trying to look for it. They have a small ridge in their top of their cranium, very small. You can barely see it. If you, feel, you can feel the bump of it going up their cranium. Uh, they don't have any uh, fontanel like we have. They have no stitched bones together. Um, any of the joining is all, all in the back, and it's not like ours at all. And uh, you develop, they develop a ridge. And they have, I don't know if you can tell it, I'll show off. See how I've got the V in my forehead? That's my genetic con uh, connection to them. I have that funny, weird V, v ridge in my skull. And I do, if, if you felt my head, you would feel the ridge going up. I have no fontanel either. It freaked my doctors out when I was born. So here's the picture that Christy drew for my sister-in-law's sighting. Yeah. Uh, not That's close. Um, this is, yeah, what uh, my sister-in-law saw while walking in front of Stag Street Elementary School. Yeah. With her dog, Sarah. And walked right in front of them. She was about 10 feet away. She said they were floating about an inch off the ground yep. and looked right at her. She said, scared the daylights out of her. <laughs> Never saw a UFO, but this is a pretty close representation. Yep. Because uh, uh, she did draw them, but Christy kind of fleshed it out with oil paintings. And I do have one more picture I think I would like to. Um, actually, that's not the one. Huh. Uh, but one more picture I'd like to show because it's one of my favorite here. Let me just pull this up and present it to you because this is one isn't directly taken from a contactee's account, but I love this illustration. Would you say that's pretty close? Yeah, they have very stick-like bodies. I mean, you almost can't imagine how they hold their heads up. Um, it's amazing. That's the AI grays and very sticky arms and I mean, it's amazing. You, yeah, I like this picture because it kind of shows their emotions. And I do bit, hear yeah. a lot of people talking about how they will tilt their heads like that. Yeah, I'm trying to look at you differently, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for the question tools and we will shall move on now to the next one which is kind of a funny question. Oh shoot, I just, Gosh darn it, I erased it. I didn't erase it here, I can find it again. Um, give me a second. Dun, 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 dun. Is it the F2B question? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I t accidentally took off the star on it. Oh well. Um, but, Look for another one and I'll get it to you with it. All right, we'll get back to that one then and I shall go to a new one. And boom, 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 boom. There is a question from Dana Matthews. Thanks for the question, Dana. It's to me, Preston. Are you able to go out of body with no hesitation now? I loved your book about that. Um, well, yes and no. Um, I don't hesitate. I have no fear of it. It's something that I've done so many times that getting out is always a complete joy. And it's thrilling every single time. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I've done it, yay. But I can't do it at the snap of a finger. It takes a lot of meditation and it sometimes works and it sometimes doesn't. Kind of average about once or twice um, a week. Can be a lot more than that. Can be a lot less. It's been a, a week or two without one. 
one recent one that was kind of weird for sure was, well, I'll tell you two actually, because one comes to mind. I popped out and there was a spirit, a little kid. And you know, I was talking to some earthbound souls and asking their names and they were giving them to me. And I'm trying to explain to them that they've passed on. And this little kid rushed up to me. He looked about eight years old, cute little kid. And he says, my name's Buster. And I was gored by a bull. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it just made me real to hear him talk so jubilantly, kind of like, you know, like kids do. And uh, it pulled me right back into my body. But yeah, there's lots of earthbound souls. But let's see, it was just a few weeks ago was the anniversary of my mom's passing, which is what got me involved in out-of-body experiences. And I think it was the night before I had an out-of-body experience. And it kind of started as a dream where I was being given gifts. And next thing I know, I'm being pulled to the other side and I'm fully on out-of-body. And I'm walking into this beautiful room with tile floors and there's people lined up on either side and they're singing and i'm like wow what what is going on here and someone i don't know who it was was guiding me said they said this is for you this is for you to celebrate all that you've accomplished and just to celebrate your life and it was the most touching thing because they were all singing this beautiful kind of classical music and very angelic sounding with lots of choruses and tones and harmonies. And they sat me down and there was my mom, there was my dad, my brothers, other people I didn't know, all the people pretty much I know that have passed on. There was a picture of me on the wall. <laughs> I'm like, wow, it really warmed my heart. And it was a good reminder that we we're all being watched over. And which is absolutely true. Our loved ones are there on the other side. They know about us. They hear us. They can hear us thinking. They know exactly what we're going through. And they're there to support us. So this is a good reason to go out of body if you can you know, figure out how to do it. So yeah, that was my recent out of body experience. But it's still hard to do for me. I know, Dolly, you're pretty much able to do it when I can you be want. wide awake at will, yeah, on demand. But I can be talking to you and go out of body and look around and then I'm, come back. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. All right, so I am going to put that off. Did you find that other question, Dolly? Oh, I was so interested in what you were saying. I stopped. <laughs> All right, well, I remember what the question was. I just don't remember who asked it. Um, so I suppose that can well, – I think the question was – Will we be invited to fade to black with what is this? You asked me the question. Yeah. Jimmy Church. Jimmy Church. Um, I want to answer it. In uh, 2021, when I went to Laughlin, uh, Jimmy Church was running the UFO Megacon. It was his, he was the big producer of it. And he had a huge uh, area in where they, all the displays and the tables were of everybody. And uh, nobody knew who I was yet. I was completely, you know, nobody knew me. And uh, I was watching him a little bit. And at the end, uh, I just, you know, right. and when Preston was up doing his, 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 his presentation, I had my camera on. And he leaned over and he went, shh. 
off. And I went, okay, all right. And he just looked at me and he winked at me and I thought, huh, that's interesting. And then, uh, so at the end of the, the con, everybody was getting ready to pack up. I went up to him. I had bought one of his t-shirts, the fade to black. I still have it with the skull on it and everything, FQB on the back. And I said, will you please sign my shirt? And he said, sure. And uh, he said, what's your name? And I said, Dolly Saffron. And he stopped and gave me this look on Oh, and he said, I've heard some things about you. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, I said, I'm here with Preston Dennett. And he went, oh. And uh, I said, well, maybe we'll meet each other again someday. And he said, maybe. And that was the end of that. And uh, so far, nothing. Zip, zero, nada. So who knows? Maybe we will. I don't know. <laughs> I went on the show a few times um, about underwater UFOs. Um, but no, nothing since then. But yeah, he, he does a good show. Um, I've been to his house. He's a nice guy. So it was pretty exciting to be on his show. But I haven't been on there in, gosh, almost 10 years. So not sure what's going on there. But it is what it, it is. It is. That's right. That's a phrase which makes no sense to me. But all right. Okay. Here is a question from Chris Payne. And the question is, Dolly and Preston, when was the last time each of you saw any craft and or ETs? Any new messages? I love you guys. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> um, you want to go first, Dolly? Yeah, and I might cry, so just give me a minute. I'm trying to keep straight face. Um, it was in um, early 2022, and it was my last on board and uh, I was told at that time that this would be it, that they were leaving. And did I really want to ground myself like this? And was I positive about what I was doing? And I said, yes. And uh, mama gave me the longest hug I ever got. And uh, Talada was very quiet for a little while. And as we were getting ready to bring me back, the last thing he said to me was, I am never alone. I'm with you always which he is, he is, he's constantly hanging out with me from time to time. And he said, if you need me in an emergency, I will be there in under five minutes. And I'm like, okay. So that was the last time. They are not physically in our solar system anymore. They're somewhere else in the galaxy doing their thing. Um, they're moving people about. Our galaxy has um, got a lot of stuff going on and they have a lot of people that they take care of and see and work with and we're not the only ones. And as soon as our magnetosphere clears up and we they can't come back, they will. So, Okay, for me, it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had, and I've not really talked about it because it's major. But I guess I will spill the beans here because this seems like a good time as any. I've had a bunch of really close-up sightings, but on my birthday... And I think this was precisely 2022, no, 2021. Pretty sure it was 2021. I was in my little house in Reseda and was having this dream. And I, I suddenly a UFO appeared overhead. And then I got pulled out of the dream through, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. Suddenly I was pulled out of the dream and I'm shooting through this tunnel. And I'm like, wow, this is, I'm being taken. I am being taken on board. I knew it because there's just, I don't know how, 
but I knew it. And it was a very electrical feeling and I'm being pulled up and it was going on for a long time. I thought, well, this doesn't feel like an out-of-body experience because it was very electrical. And when you're out of body, it's very fluid and you fly around, you can do all this stuff. And I'm pulled up into the darkness of space. And this went on for a full minute, at least, probably two or three. And I was so excited because I thought, well, this is it. I'm leaving Earth. I'm not coming back. The ETs are coming. And I am ecstatic. And the next thing I know, and I can't believe I'm talking about this because I never really have. I think I talked about it once or twice. But I was being pulled up through the bottom of a craft, and I was laid out on a table. And there were these kind of a human hybrid woman looking at me. She had big eyes, blonde, pretty, pretty lady, but not quite human. And there were other people around me, and they kept asking, am I all right? Because I was trying to get up. I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm fine. Please let me get up. And finally, they believed me, and I got up. And I was in this room that was perfectly round. It was about 30 feet across. There was 10 or 20 people there who were normal people, uh, all different ancestries. Um, some of them were lined up in the center, really dazed. And I walked up to them and I introduced myself. I'm like, I am Preston. Can you believe this? This is amazing. We're on board a UFO. And it was rocking slightly. Not real. Well, at that point, it wasn't. It was perfectly still. But um, then I walked up to this very tall gray who was beautiful. And she was very elegant. And she was wearing this kind of smock. And it turns out that this is Dolly's contacting mama. So I'm getting chills now because this is probably the best experience I've ever had <laughs> with UFOs and one of the best in my entire life. Uh, but this was absolute confirmation of Dolly's experiences for me. And I haven't mentioned it in support of Dolly's experiences because Dolly's story needs to stand on its own. It's not my job to verify it through my experience. This is my experience. But I can tell you that I know her experience is real because I am now a part of it. I'm a percipient. I'm a participant. And Mama <laughs> tilts her head. and She's the most beautiful creature you can imagine. Very tall. And she says, so is this what you thought it would be? And I said, it's much better because <laughs> the feeling was just unbelievable. It was just so such a nice environment. And the people were so happy. And I looked around and there was some sentries or guards at one end of the room who looked very alien, very extraterrestrial. And I kind of got a little, not nervous, but I'm like, wow, look at those guys. They are different. And I said, can I explore? She said, of course. And I ran, well, not ran, but I moved quite quickly to the other side and looked out. And there were windows all around, very much like you would see in a, I don't know, like a building. You're looking down on the sidewalk. They were tilted at a, sort of a 45-degree angle, and there was a little railing. And then I went to the other side where there were some other people. And there was a, a little, well, not a little, a, a young Korean girl who was sitting there. And she's smiling. She's looking at me. And then she let out this huge woo because the craft dropped down from high Earth orbit down to Earth in a second. There were these weird little symbols on the windows, kind of like you would look on at Google Earth or something. 
Uh, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> and that was so cool. And then I think we picked someone up, rose right back up. Oh, and when we were, when we were down on the ground, it was rocking like this. Boom, 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 boom. It was the coolest thing ever. And I'm skipping a few things because I just want to get through this. It went back up. And then I think it was Mama who came up to me. Or I think it was. She said, here, drink this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she handed me a little kind of heavy glass, what would you, a tumbler kind of, not big, but thick glass. And inside of it was this kind of neon green thick liquid, about this consistency of maybe pancake syrup, not quite that thick, but thick. And I tasted it and it was kind of like a very subtle kiwi, kiwi lime. And she took it back from me. I'm like, wait, I'm not finished. Can I have another sip? And she kind of looked at me like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, I, I mean, I just really, you know, I really like to take another sip. I learned that this, there's a purpose for this liquid, as Dolly will explain, I guess, in a second. But I took another sip and bam, woke up in bed. So, yeah, that was my last one. And I got to go on board, and I, it was the best experience ever. Well, I have a dumb question. Really dumb where you've never said this. I've never, I've been waiting for you to ask me. Do you realize I was pilot on board when that happened to you? No, you could have told me that. Well, it was my birthday, too. <laughs> oh, that's right. Your birthday is like a two days after mine, right? That's right. And I, <laughs> yeah. Gosh darn it. You should have run that up was to was also me. the last day I saw them. Wow. That's wow. what we were talking about. Yeah, that was my last time. I got to take you up. So, all right. And, and, and I didn't realize that you remembered all of it because that drink is to help you um, wave your memory away. You know, it makes it it makes it very dreamlike that you forget it easily. You know. Yeah. Well, I knew that there was very special because that was a gift. That was a birthday present from them to me. Yep. yep. I think it's the best I've ever had. Yep. Talk about you know a trip for your birthday. <laughs> All right. Okay. So there you go. I think that was my last one. I'm going to hide this question and move on to the next one, which is complete 180 degree. Cat M says, is the end of the world coming? Um, <laughs> no, it's not the end of the world as people would think of it. Earth will still be here. We just won't be on it. Right. It'll be uninhabitable. So, yeah, it's uh, you will move forward. In other words, they're going to come and pick as many people up as they can and that are here still and get you off and take you to a better place to live out the rest of the life that you have to live. And uh, there's a lot going on with this uh, iteration of human beings on this planet there. It's a little disappointing for ET because we should have been a little bit more uh, advanced than we are now. And we have a faction on this planet that's not real happy and it's kind of evil and we've been lied to as people and it's, people are waking up late and uh, so it's a thing. And that's one of the reasons I stayed behind. And that's why Preston does what he does is to help people wake up to reality because people are deluded with delusions that the alt, um, the one percenters have forced you to live. And it's not true. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it the end of the world. It'd be, I would look at it more as the beginning of a great right. adventure. Right. 
Green and really good news. And remember, we're all immortal. We've all had multiple past lives. Yeah. And this is a message a lot of contactees get about rough times ahead and right. big changes coming and the yeah. sky filling with ships. Right. Very science fiction-y. But I think yeah. it'll be an awesome, amazing adventure. Right. So here's a follow-up question to my experience from Doxy. Did I ask Mama to show herself to you or was it by accident? Oh, I was asking. <laughs> Not her specifically, but I really wanted an experience. And I you know I, I had had a brief sighting, but I was so I was the first time I met Dolly. I was um, very much consumed by the convention that I was going to. I ended up getting a bad infection of valley fever or something. So uh, but yeah, I was absolutely asking or experience. He did get to see, yeah, he did get to see a ship. Uh, Talata was up there, but there was a mother craft up there also at Lachlan. And when he got there, he got there the day after I did. And so Talata was there. So he got to see from that perspective, but he still wanted to go on board. So. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. Okay. So let's unstar that question and go on to the next one which is from christine to dolly do you do any private readings of any kind and if so how much <laughs> um i have never charged anyone anything and um i have been um i've had these abilities since i was very small so it's been through my whole life and uh, about, I don't know, five or six years ago, when I started talking to Preston, I let go because I knew what I was coming to do now was going, there's a lot of heavy involvement for me. And so I put it to the side. I will read if it's an emergency. In other words, if somebody on the other side comes to me and says, I need you now, this is happening, show up for it. I will jump in for that. But most mostly I, I just, this is a lot of my time. It's exhausting. And uh, there's a lot going on. And I'm feeling, you got to remember, I'm a wide open empath. I'm wide open psychic. And whatever's going on on this planet, I hear it, I feel it, I see it. And uh, so I'm inundated. And uh, it takes that out of me. Um, ask me a question later. Um, you, y'all, I'm on, I'm on uh, Messenger. Ask me a private question. Who was that? Doxy? It was Christine. Christine. Ask me on Messenger and, and, and maybe I can give you an answer. And, and as I said, this is not something I feel I should charge money for. This is a gift to me and it's a gift. I'm here to help to serve people and to be here for everybody. So just ask privately online and let's see where we can go from there. Yeah, I have seen Dolly do readings and talk to some people who've been given readings and she moved them to tears. She's pretty good at it. So I will say that. Okay, neural channels. Let's show this one. Can you talk about J-Rod? You know, I don't have any firsthand information on J-Rod other than what's in the public arena. It is one of the stories that is circulating about a gray ET that allegedly worked directly with uh, our military to allegedly, and always got a few things to say about this, I know, <laughs> um, to help reverse engineer. Uh, I believe there are two or three people who have put this story forth. One of them, what was his name? Gosh, I forget his name. But 
I would know it if I heard it. I got to meet him, actually. He was a very nice guy and seemed very sincere. But I, Dolly has made me skeptical of some of these stories because she says basically the ETs do not work directly with people uh, here on Earth. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. think of the story about J-Rod. Uh, but yeah, you can look him up. There's quite a bit of stuff out there on the internet. Right. First thing, there's that. some misnomers. There's misinformation about this, and let's go down the list. The first one is, is they portray him as a small gray. Uh, small grays are AI. They are not alive. They're biological, but they do have a program that shuts them down in captivity. In other words, if they get caught or and they're still activated, their systems will shut down. They won't live more than 20 minutes to two hours after they're captured. Uh, they immediately go down. So, and there's no if, ands, or buts about that. It's, that's happening. If it's a mid-sized gray, they're five feet or taller, better, and they can't breathe our atmosphere. We have polluted the planet to the point that they can't handle it, and they die almost the second they hit the ground and their atmosphere is cracked open. They cannot survive here. So that's the first two important things to know about it. The second one also is, is that you're an advanced creature. You're billions of years in advance of the people that you're watching and helping try to take care of. You are not going to give them technology firsthand, uh, knowing, A, that they couldn't replicate it in any real way, any meaningful way. And secondly, you know that they would weaponize it because ETs know full well that all the governments of this planet the U.S. government, alt-government, black engineer, black ops, all these guys are warriors and everything is weaponized and they will not play to that. They don't believe in uh, taking people in and using them for bait. This is something we do. We're the ones who experiment on people. We're the ones who torture people. We're the ones that have my lab and tell people crazy things and, and delude you into being their slaves. This is not happening and it did not. It's misinformation. It was planted uh, information way back when and now to get you to think certain things that are not true, absolutely not true. So. Well, from what I know, it was Dan Burrish. This is one of the things that when I was on Ancient Aliens, they interviewed me for several hours, gave me a list of 30 or 40 or gosh, 50 questions. And some of them were like, oh gosh, I don't really want to talk about this because I'm not, you know, haven't investigated it personally. But they wanted me to comment on it, so I did. And what I recall is that he was allegedly from the Paradise Valley UFO crash in 1952, thereabouts, uh, and one of the alleged survivors. And I know there's another guy who says that he also spoke with this, and he would talk to you in your own voice. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just well... I want to make one more point. We uh, live in a very gravity-heavy third-dimensional planet. Our gravity is very heavy here. Um, if you're over five feet tall, you're in trouble because gravity is already working its way against you. ETs are not. They're from less gravity environments, and the uh, breathing here is difficult for them at best. They would not survive it, not at all. And like I said, they would not give out information to a race of people, uh, humanoid, you know, humans here who are absolutely violent and capable of anything. There would just be no way. It would not have happened. It is a dream. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Vicki Campbell says Dan Bursch. That's right. Okay. 
All right, more questions are pouring in, Dolly. Okay, let's move along. And here's a question. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if there's a question or not, but oh, well, I just lost it. Gosh, oh, no. it. Well, okay. I'm pressing the star instead. Okay. Christine says, Preston, do you recall a case where an elderly man who was fishing saw a UFO was invited in, but they politely declined him due to his age and health? Oh, gosh. Was that Alfred Bertou? I do vaguely recall that. I know that there's a, a case where a guy was basically told, that you're too old for our purposes. Uh, that could be that one. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the details. That might be the Alfred Bertou case, but I don't, I can't, I'm just not able to pull up any details. Sorry, Christine, I'll have to look into that one. But uh, yeah, get back to me. Now, I'll try to look it up and maybe put it in the notes on this show when it's archived, because all our shows are archived. So, and sorry, I missed that one question. I hope I can get back to it, but I learned now not to press the star. First, put show question. And here is a question from Natasha Stone. And I think this is to you, Dolly. And the question is, how long after the coronal mass ejection, CME, until the crafts are going to come? I used to dream of this event, I believe. Ah, I'm telling you, a lot of people are getting this message. Um, okay, let me, let me explain why this is going to happen and, and uh, give you an overview of it. You know, our, our poles have been excursioning for almost 100 years now. And it was very, very slow at first. In the last 25 years, it is amping up. It is moving faster and faster and faster. It's like a downhill run. Because once electricity or, you know, magnetism, uh, the poles will get to a certain point and it'll jump suddenly. Our Earth is in a circuit with our sun. And when we jump magnetically like that, the sun is going to react and that's the CME you need to worry about because we are connected to one another. We react. When the sun is a CME, we react as well. And things happen here that sends energy back to the sun. So this is coming. Our poles are uh, going much faster. Some people say it's not for five more years, but uh, ETs have uh, sent the warning out that um, it could happen sooner. Nobody can predict when it's going to happen, even ET, but they can tell you by the numbers and by their data that it shows like it's really, really moving quickly now and it could go tomorrow. You just have to be ready for it. When that CME occurs, it will knock the grid down worldwide. You will have no communication with nobody. You're on your own. Uh, at that point, you need to survive. So I suggest I wouldn't be worried more about not how long it's going to take them to get here because that might stop you from working hard to survive. This is a human condition. It's like if I think they're coming tomorrow, I'm not going to do anything until tomorrow. You know, I'm just going to sit here and wait. Don't do that. Every day you're alive after that CME knocking the grid down, you have to be able to take care of yourself. So spend more time thinking about that. I'll give you a parameter. It could be it could be two to three years before our magnetosphere you know, gets all resettled and the poles calm down, or it could be eight years. So survival is your best bet. You need to learn how to live like the Flintstones. Do what you can, look it up, teach yourself, do whatever you can, and uh, make sure that you have stored supplies and things like that. Okay? All right. Okay. I think I found that other question. 
thought I did. Okay, well, I started. All right, let's move on to the... Oh, is this it? No, let me pull that. That's the one we just answered. So let me hide that one and move on to the next. And this is from Rat Food. you got to love that <laughs> moniker. <laughs> Rat Food asks, how can I get better at using the ESP Trainer app? I think it's... I think I think too hard and get it wrong. Is there a certain feeling you get about the right answer? I love that question because it's hard. I've done it and I'm, I feel like I'm guessing half the time. But then when I just go with my gut, I stop thinking here and I think with my gut. And that's when I get it all right. But my average is still just barely above chance. Okay. All right. Well, first things first, meditate till you know that you've activated uh, your ability, your pineal gland is opened up and working properly. If you're eating bad food and bad water, that's a problem. If you're taking uh, fluoride in your diet, that's a problem. Clear yourself out of all that stuff. Clean water, no fluoride, and good wholesome food every day. Um, get plenty of sleep and meditate. When you meditate, you need to let go of everything in your mind. You need to totally go empty like the black chalkboard. And all you need to see is your third eye opening. And it will look at you. You will see it. I mean, dead up, you'll know that's my eye. I can see you, okay? When you do that, don't panic. Don't freak out. Just enjoy it and be one with it. And then shut up. Listen. The universe is going to has lots of noise in it. It has lots of things going on around you. And you're going to start to hear and see and feel things. You'll become more empathetic. You'll, you'll have more ESP with friends and family. You'll start knowing things are coming. When you've reached that point, that's when you'll be able to use that trainer the best. When you answer a question right, you'll know it. You'll know, oh, I know it's coming. I have a trick that I play with this trainer. I don't know if you can do it or not. I see auras and I see uh, colors that nobody else can see. And the program will show you which one is coming up if it's right or wrong. I see it as a red light or a green light. If it's a green light, it's the correct answer. So I cheat. <laughs> but it's psychic cheating, okay? I see it. I just already know. Um, other people have other ways of seeing it, but you'll know personally, everybody uses their abilities, but it's personal to you. And then you, it tracks you. You look at your averages and you see how many times you're on and how many times you're off. And you keep a notebook when you're using the trainer, you know, you write down, I'm having a good day. I feel like I'm going to be able to do this. I've meditated. I've got my, my pineal gland working and see how you do. And then write down that you did well. And then you look back and you go, Ooh, you have to not just do the trainer, though. You have to do it with everybody you love in your life. In other words, say, how are you doing today? And then try to feel them before they answer you. They will, they, they will tell you psychically how they are. And if it matches, you know you've hit that on. It's called tip, tapping, okay? Tap everybody. Say, how are you doing today? What's new with you? And hear the answer before they speak it out of their mouth. Listen for it. Because psychic ability is listening and hearing very important you know yeah. you get out of your head don't be too analytical i've noticed the faster i do it it works better and if i just run my finger over it and kind of like mm -hmm, which one boom yeah. Yeah. so yeah try to think with your gut instead of your mental right. mind your you're your own parent when it comes to learning how to use your abilities when we're growing up we have parents to guide us through stuff like this okay mommy hold your hand when you're learning to walk Da, 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 you know, they hold the bike when you're learning to ride. This is something that you have to do for yourself. So be easy with yourself about it. Be patient with yourself. Be like a parent to yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we, we're getting a lot of questions, Sally, so I'm going to okay. keep moving on. And this one is from Brian Morgan. And he says, Preston, Dolly, what can you say about the alleged event coming in 2027? I don't know that I have a lot to say about, uh, I'm not even exactly sure what this alleged event is, or I mean, who is, where this information is coming from. But I know, Dolly, you say that chances are- There are those that believe that we are going to shift dimensionally, that we are going to leave the third dimension and go into the next dimension or the fifth dimension. Papa talk, nope, not gonna happen. That is not how this works. You come here to learn. You live your life here and you do everything you're supposed to do here before you physically leave. That's how it works. And uh, those who are believing that um, all of, you know, it's delusional thinking. I'm sorry. It's, that's not reality. Okay. All right. Well, moving along then. Um, yeah, I wish I could say more about that. But I don't know. I just don't know. Okay, let me hide that question, unstart, and move to the next one. Okay, here's one that's another difficult question, but I'll do my best. This is from One Hour Wedding. Question, how do both of you see the Chris Bledsoe phenomenon? Angels, aliens, what are the orbs? Well, just got that book. I haven't completed it. I did talk directly to Chris Bledsoe. We're asking to come on the show. He hasn't uh, said yes or no yet, though it did ask for information, so that's a good sign. Um, I did investigate his case because uh, he had a healing of Crohn's disease, and I absolutely think that he's in contact with ETs. Uh, his Crohn's disease was quite severe. He was taking a lot of pills to just control it, and it literally was cured. And not only was it cured, I mean, he remembered being taken on board a craft, seeing ETs, uh, members of his family were there, his friends. It was a very well-documented, widely viewed one encounter. He has been seeing a lot of orbs and he does have some religious elements to his story, which isn't all that unusual. I think some people have a tendency to view the phenomena through their belief system, which is perfectly fine because, you know, we, there's still a lot of questions surrounding this. Uh, I do think he's, I lean towards the ET explanation for all of this. I do think people see angels as well. I've certainly talked to contactees who've seen a wide variety of paranormal beings and interdimensional beings. So it wouldn't surprise me a bit if, if angels do come into this. Uh, and I do think he's, you know, definitely in contact. And these orbs that he's filming are, I don't think he's making it up or hoaxing or is delusional. Uh, I think his case is legit. But yeah, I haven't really dug deep in terms of interviewing him. He was at a, he was at the UFO con uh, that I went to. So I got to talk to him briefly, but real nice guy. Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, actually, we've got a few more minutes. We've got time for one more question, actually. So, but I'll get on that. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Here is another question. And this is from Vicki Campbell. And she's asking Preston, 
Being a field investigator for MUFON, do you have access to all cases? Uh, yeah, I am a field investigator for MUFON. I took their test. I'm still a member. I don't actively investigate cases for them. I did for a number of years. Uh, yes, I do have access to their case management system, CMS. And it is quite an amazing database, though it's not as extensive as I would like. Uh, I'm certainly in contact with a number of MUFON researchers. I support MUFON. Um, I know MUFON has some controversies surrounding it. It's, its leadership has changed quite a bit over the years. And like all UFO citizen groups, I think at some point they do, they're watched. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. They're infiltrated by government folks. That happened to APRO. And they caught the CIA literally <laughs> um, spying on them. And I think it was NICAP that basically dissolved because there was so much of infighting and politics and government folks going at each other. So it doesn't surprise me that there's some controversy surrounding MUFON. But yeah, I am able to go in to their case management system and review any cases that they've put in there. Though I don't have a royal road to the folks at the highest level there. I know Earl Gray, a prior guest on the Lightgate, is a member of their emergency response team. He's probably much more well connected to MUFON. But yeah, I love MUFON. I speak for their little groups, the ch chapters, and for the main group every now and then. And they're still the largest citizen UFO group in the world with chapters in every state. So if you're interested, there's probably a group that meets monthly near you. So that's what I would have to say about that. Okay. Let's hide that one and start because we answered it. And moving along. Station ID. Okay. Let's do the station ID. Fine, fine, fine. All right. You are watching The Lightgate. I'm your host, Preston Dennett. And my lovely co-host is Dolly Safran. And we are streaming live on United Public Radio at 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. Also, the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. So a huge thanks to you guys. We love you. We're also streaming, of course, on YouTube, Facebook, and on Roku. So that is our station ID. Thanks, Dolly, for the reminder. Don't mm -hmm. want to forget that. We are very grateful to our producers. Okay. And here is a question from Rat Food for you, Dolly. On an early podcast, you said that if your karma is bad, then ETs won't heal you. But would you, but would recommend you to go to a doctor and check up? What is the best way to improve my karma? I don't remember you saying exactly that. No, I didn't. All right. I'm going to explain what karma is first, and then I'll answer the question. Karma is neither good or bad. Karma is a situation where you needed to learn something. And you're put in situations where they present themselves to you to learn. And if you don't learn it or you haven't learned it properly, you're, you're doomed to keep trying until you get it down. And this sometimes 
happens with physical things, illnesses, pain, all kinds of reasons to have karma. We all have to learn how to respond properly to existence and to empathize with everybody else. So, okay, so you have karma and ET can figure out that you're experiencing karma. Not good or bad, just that's your karma. They will consider after speaking with you or thinking with you, uh, whether you're able to learn it now and try to walk you through it, or they'll go ahead and step back and let you learn it the way you're supposed to learn it. Um, it is important that when your body is doing weird things and you can't figure out what it is, just find somebody who knows, you know, go to a doctor and say, I'm having this, this, and this, and then let them tell you what they think it is. Let them test you out. And if you don't like the answer, if it's making you uncomfortable, you have an innate feeling that this can't be right, go to another doctor or check out a doctor of osteopathy who is a holistic doctor who might be able to help you find a more natural path way of dealing with your issues. That's physical and medical karma, okay? Sometimes we get things that happen to us that we have to experience all the way to the end of our life. Um, I have a, a cousin who was killed when I was 14 years old. It was right after I woke up and uh, it was a very bad day for my family. Uh, he, he, I, I saw him after he passed away. I was devastated. I could not believe because he and I are the same age exactly and only a month apart in um he let me know that he had lived the life he was intended to live and that that was his time to go. And that I needed to ask myself why I feel the way I do and work with myself. And it took me a little while to get over it. These are the kinds of things that we're supposed to learn. It isn't easy being human. It isn't easy being here and experiencing the entire spectrum of emotions and reality and science and knowledge and wisdom. And it takes a long time for you to get the kind of karma to achieve certain kinds of wisdom so that you can move on. This isn't a one-time test or 10 things that you have to master. It is everything, how we respond to existence. So just take a deep breath and do what you think is right. That's the only thing I can tell you. Most important, what's right for you. Heal yourself first and then move through it. All right. Well, we're getting lots of questions. I've got like 38 lined up. So I know some of you are like, where's my, are, are you going to answer my question? I'm doing them in, in order. And if you think I skipped it, certainly feel free to retype it because I absolutely am trying to get to all the questions. Uh, so <laughs> please be patient and we hopefully will get to it. We still got a good hour to go. So we should be able to do this. Let's see, do, 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 do. here's a question from Natasha Stone. Oh, I did skip one. I will get back to that one right away um, after this one. And Natasha is asking, when you are gathering the children, this is for you, Dolly, how do they get brought on craft? You told Jake, my brother, I've been brought in craft. I remember being in. Um, generally, uh, from a young age, ET contacts you from a very early age, especially if they're watching your family. And um, you are met mostly uh, by the AI grays first. They're less intimidating than the tall grays or anybody else. And they will play, you know, they'll play with you and they'll let you see them. They'll play peekaboo with you. And then 
basically what happens, it just depends on the situation. Like if you're in your room, they have a light that comes and opens up on you. And there's an energy ribbon that comes down in the light. And you're taken to the ribbon by hand and your hand's placed on the ribbon and it brings you up. It You literally go into a dimensional flux. You're no longer in the third dimension fully. You're halfway out into the fourth dimension. And it makes you lighter than air. I mean, you're just not in it. And they can bring you up. They bring you on to craft. And the very first thing they do is um, let you know that you're okay. They will make sure that you have no germs on you. They're very germophobic from us. Uh, because we can spread stuff to each other and they don't want that on craft. They don't want to spread stuff to each other or them. Uh, so you get a light shower. And then after that, you're brought in and you're handled by people like Mama. Mama is a mother. She is, um, and there are lots of them who are on board working with the kids. And they sit and explain everything to you very carefully why you're here, what's going on. They let you play with each other. I don't know if you have any memories of playing with other kids on board, but that does happen. And then there are people like me who are the pilots that when we're in stasis and you're all being worked with, we'll walk around among you and play with you too and talk to you. I've had plenty of little teeny kids on my lap. Most parents go with their kids. That's a weird thing. If you're under three or four, I've never seen a kid on board without the parent there, one or the other of them, the dad or the mom. Um, it's very fast. They don't hold you for very long. They don't have to do these big, uh, long exams because you're a new person. You, you're, you're, unless you've got something seriously going on, they're not going to bother you physically too much. They just want to make sure you're okay. And, um, that's why, and they bring you back very fast. Children have a tendency to remember these things. And then when they get home back down, their parents say, Oh, it was a dream. You know, they talk them out of it, that kind of thing. I don't think you were in a home like that. I think you all were encouraging one another to try to remember very young. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Not all children remember everything. I only remember things in, um, I call them episodes. In other words, I have memories of my regular life going on and then the intervals when I was with ET. And I knew they were happening to me and I just held them off on the side of my memory, like, mm, okay, I know this is going on. I didn't question it too much. A couple of times I deliberately left something to like mark it for myself, prove it to myself. By the time I was six years old, um, I was trying to pull things. Like I would bring something with me and leave it or try to take something with me. They never let me get away with losing things, but then they would leave things by my bedside. I would get feathers. Uh, I have a head a huge marble collection, they would leave me marbles and stuff. So if you got that going on in your lives, that's E.T. leaving you stuff. It's like their little, we love you, and here you go, you know, play. And I would just add that they do contact people in different ways. You might not necessarily be pulled on board, but will be spoken to mentally, even if you're not aware of it. Right. Um, but they're certainly aware. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on, Dolly, because we've got lots of questions. Okay. We're stacking up faster than we're answering them. So here is one from Dana Matthews. And she is asking a very kind question about you, Dolly. How is your health these days? Is Talata and Mama still helping you with your healing? Um, I'm in contact with both of them. Um, it's sporadic unless I absolutely need them right now and, and they'll answer me. Um, since I am not physically with them, my health is... Um, 
is what it is. I mean, I'm in here with everybody else and whatever happens to me, if I get sick, I get sick and I don't have them to back me up, physically back me up right now. So I'm doing, as a nurse, I know how to holistically take care of myself. I know what vitamins to take. I know how to eat, you know, uh, do whatever it is I can to remain healthy. At my age now, this is a big deal. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Very cool. All right. Here is a great question from Vicki Campbell to both of us, Dolly. Can you tell us about your past lives if you can recall them? Well, gosh, we could do a whole show on past lives. I will say, I'll start, I guess. From a very young age, I was obsessed with shipwrecks. So it became clear to me that there's something there. I've got every book on shipwrecks you can find. Talk to a psychic, and she's like, what's this with you and ships? I'm like, I'd really like to know. And she kind of tilted her head and says, you were a pirate in a past life. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> that makes sense, because I do have an interest in pirates. But when I started going out of body, I started being taken to past lives. And I recall one where I was at the Holocaust. Uh, ooh, gosh, during World War II, it was grim. But I won't go into the details because it's just very sad and quite grim. I guess that's the best way of putting it. But yeah, I died under terrible circumstances. Another, I was in a shipwreck with a bunch of soldiers that went down very quickly. I have four or five memories of being a priest in medieval times. And one, I really loved that lifetime. It was just this little, one little house, very bare, almost nothing in it. But another where I was not a great priest and just ate all the food and partied all the time and kept my knowledge away from people. So I kind of paid for that. I remember being a Native American. I, I remember being an escaped slave during Civil War times. I was once raped and murdered as a woman. And when that started to happen, I started to recall it. I pulled myself out of it because I didn't want to go through it again. But yeah, if you do astral travel, astral projection, dollars to donuts, you're going to be pulled to a past life pretty quickly so you can process all the trauma that you're carrying through from life to life. So those are a few of my lifetimes. All right, your turn, Dolly. Oh, my God. And remember, we have, we have lots of questions. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, uh, when I was two years old, um, I remember being an old woman, and I was uh, nomadic in the Middle East somewhere. We were living in tents. We had camels, and I uh, had a grandson with me. I was taking care of him. I don't know where his mom was. She might have been passed away already. And uh, I heard fighting and gun fire. And I thought, oh, no. And I pulled the knife out and I tried to slit the back of the tent open so I could go up the tent that way and not be seen. And I put my grandson up on my skirt, under my skirt. And uh, I was just about to make the opening after I slid it and I had a knife go between my shoulder blades. And I remember thinking, don't move. I tried to tell him, don't move. And I passed away on top of my grandson. Um, I don't think he left because I remember leaving my body and being very shocked and looking at all the stuff that was going on. Um, that's just one of my lives. I was a temple priest in Egypt a um, uh, couple times. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have memories of being uh, a daughter, a son, a caretaker. I have been on ships as well. I've been in the Holocaust as well. I was starved to death. Um, in the Holocaust, it was bad. 
Um, I have a tendency to hoard food for that reason. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, I actually remember uh, Preston, I've lived a couple of lives with him. One in particular, I'm not going to go into the details, it's too recent. So yeah. And uh, my last life is really interesting. And there were a couple before that. I was obsessed with all things Eastern Indian. I went around singing songs. My mother had billions of scars and I used to tie them all over myself and wear bangles and jewelry and sing songs. And um, I like hear them when I was a teenager, Bollywood started playing on TV in the 70s, you know, the old, old ones. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I know two of these songs without even thinking about it. I can hear the language and I understand it. And uh, years later, I was with my doctor who is Indian and and I, and, and uh, he said, sometimes I think that you could have been Indian the way you act. And I said, really? Why do you say that? And he said, I don't know. I just got a feeling. And I said, well, I can sing a song in Indian. And he said, no. And I said, yeah. And I sang it for him. And he, his jaw hit the ground. He's like, it's perfect diction. It's perfect. How do you do that? I said, I know what the words mean, too. And I told him. And he was just like, oh, my God. And you've never been there, done that? Nope. I just remember. I remember. Um, yeah. Well, you can get a clue to your own past lives by your phobias, your likes and dislikes. Right things you're attracted to. Right. Um, exactly. Your talents, if you have an absolute talent for piano or something like that. Yeah, that's the other thing. I could play the piano without thinking about it. Very young, I started at three playing, and my mom was like, oh, my God, she can play the piano. And one of my lives was I was taught piano. So <laughs> I remember it. It's <laughs> weird. All so, right. yeah. I hope we get through all these questions. Um, if not, we're going to have to do another Q&A, and we will. Okay, here is one from Neural Channels. And thanks for the super chat. Very kind of you. And Dolly, can you briefly talk about psychic development to help connect with ETs? Uh, okay, well, I was born exceptionally wide awake, gifted. Um, my abilities were already turned on. I didn't have to think about it. And I lived in a family that was wide open psychic as well. I mean, my dad, my mom showed us all the time that they were connected and psychic. And when I started having more than a little bit of ability, I mean, my ability was wide open. It freaked my mother out. Um, so I was allowed to be psychic. Okay. And we lived on uh, in areas where I wasn't being poisoned by the environment. Psychic development is like, um, it's like, you know, how you're interested in everything when you're a little child, you know, like you want to read everything or see everything, or you want to draw on everything because you're trying to write, you want to learn how to speak and you're constantly saying, what's that, what's that, what's that? Psychic development is like early developmental training for a young person, only now you're older, you're trying to do it, okay? And what you got to do is become uh, quiet. In other words, empty out. Don't let anything you've learned already it discourage you from letting that start and you have to become like a child and you just have to let yourself run with it nothing is off limits you just let it happen if it's happening to you question it figure out if you're on point with it if it's really happening verify and then keep going that's your development it's like riding a bike get on go you yeah. can do it. just to ask 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 yes reach out reach out yep and um, overcome your fears because fear can stop contact. Right. All right, moving along. And this is a good question because you've mentioned many times, Dolly, that the ETs have bugged out. 
And this question is from Fun Talks TV. It says, you've mentioned a few times that the ETs are at danger of visiting us this time due to our collapsing magnetic field. But we hear almost weekly that people are having contact. People are seeing beings and ships. Well, some of this is our own. Some of this is probably misidentified. Some of this might be flat out lies. Uh, but who knows? I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. Yeah. Uh, I want to explain to you the mechanics of this. Maybe this will help you understand why they're not here. Um, let's, let's look at what's happening to all the flights on this planet and satellites. Things are starting to be hit in space. Satellites are being hit by CMEs and it's breaking them up and killing them, knocking them out of the sky. They're not functioning. We're having massive blackouts here. Our electronics are not working properly. We have days where it's like almost every day, you know, whole systems are failing. Uh, it seems like the tech people are constantly on guard trying to keep our systems up and running. And that's because they're fighting against electromagnetic radiation coming in from CMEs. Here's the other tip off that this is dangerous. SpaceX sent, sent a ship up, what, two weeks ago. That one made it. The one before it did not. It was, and thank God there was nobody on there. In mid-flight, it just went. There were two others. Well, one other for sure that I know of. I'm not going to swear to the other one. Uh, that have blown up and they can't make it out. We have satellites falling out of the skies. We have uh, stuff on the ground. You know, Elon Musk talks all the time about if there, if there's an electromagnetic, uh, you know, CME coming incoming, we have to guard everything. It's really a problem. You in your own computer, you go, why is this happening? Why are my lights flickering? What's going on? Here's the other data that will let you know this is happening here. Humans are physically affected by this. There's more trauma, mental trauma. There's more heart attacks. There's more um, autoimmune disorders killing us and cracking us up. We're, 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 our DNA is being derazzed by all this radiation. We know that gamma radiation absolutely messes with our DNA. We have proof of it. And this is happening to us. There's more cancer. Everything's off the charts. People are acting badly worldwide. Stuff's happening. ETs surf the electromagnetic field guidelines of the planet. When they're in space and they're coming in, what they do is their polarity, they skiff. You'll see them turn up on almost sideways on their side like this. And when they're moving around, or if they're going to try to stop, they'll see them bobbing on waves, like they're almost a boat on the ocean. And that's because all the magnetism from the electromagnetic field lines are like water to them. They're bobbing on it. They're floating on it. Okay. Whatever polarity that guideline is in, they reverse the polarity on the craft. The craft knows to do this, and we surf it like a surfboard on the water. If they're not there, if those field lines just suddenly go poof and disappear, that crash is, that craft is going to hit the ground hard, fast. All the pilots are taught that when we see it coming, because we can see it with our pilots, uh, we'll see a change in it, and we know up, get up, get up now, get away from it, move to another one. Otherwise, they crash. It's been going bad, 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 bad for the last fifty years. They, we started crashing. In the late yeah, 1940s. You need to wrap this up, Dolly. Yeah, I know. All right. So, yeah, we can't fly here. They're not here. They're not going to risk killing people on the ground or otherwise because they just don't fly here. It's not possible. All right. So, just look very carefully at the, the reports and try to vet them as best as you can. Right. 
Okay, here's a question from Pierre B. And thank you very much for the super chat. It's truly appreciated. And he is asking, I saw a quote black triangle UFO while driving. Three bright white lights at the corners and a slowly pulsating red light in the middle. What is this? Do some alien species use them or are they only my labs? The, um, it's so ours. That's probably a TR3B. Yeah, that's right, TR3B. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. Yep. Yeah, we, we have stuff that looks like UFOs, so be very careful. And a question's coming up about how you can tell the difference between ours and theirs. So I shall get to that in just a second. But here's a question from Doxy, who's asking, Dolly, why do they insist on us forgetting? It's a agreement between you and them. Right, Dolly? Yep. If it's too much, you know, we have to live our lives on this planet. And if you're having contact, sometimes that interferes with what you're thinking and doing here. And if it's more important to you to deal with what's here, you're going to let that go. You're going to let it become a dream and it'll fade away. And that's that's what they're giving you the opportunity to do. It's not a subliminal message. It's not, um, a, you know, you're not being tranced into it or anything like that or told from their mind to your mind. You're the one letting it go and it's your decision to do so. And they know it's your decision. They'll work with you more if you're willing to want to know what's going on and they won't work with you, you know, openly while you're conscious. They'll just let you let it, let it fade away. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people make that choice because they just want to live a normal life. And I did recently review a case where a guy remembered everything and they were really surprised because he says, well, I thought you were making everyone forget. And they said, no, it's not us. It's actually you guys. Uh, but I do know that some people insist on remembering and ETs are saying, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And basically, I think it's because there is a part of us that is just, no, not ready. It's for our own protection. But it's certainly a controversial aspect of contact. Okay, moving along. And this is the question, which is really important from Doxy. She's asking, how will we know the difference if it's ET or government? What's the difference? And there's, I'll just go real quick, Dolly, and then you can make a comment. One is, like Dolly said, they have a tendency to kind of float up and down on the waves. Also, there's certain movements that they can do that we can't, but ultimately uh, it's your own intuition. If they're friendly, if they're reaching out to you with love, you know it's them. And if they're shooting at you, that's not ET. Right. ET is not here. They're not going to be here. Anything you see in the skies is back engineered, period, the end. But when they come. I want you to understand it. When they come, no government is going to be able to fly because all of their craft will be down forever. That CME will destroy the ability for them to do anything. They will be grounded with everybody else. Once our magnetosphere clears up and we can, they can come back, they will. But all the damage will be done to their craft. Nothing will work again. They will never be able to rebuild the grid. This is going to send everybody straight back to the Flintstones, and everybody needs to get that really firmly planted because that's why I said you need to learn to survive on your own. You're in. You're going back to the Stone Age. Figure it out because it will destroy every electronic on this planet. It will all destroy right. every engine. Well, that's how you know. <laughs> all right. Okay. I don't think we're going to get to all the questions, guys, so I'm super sorry, but we will do our best. All right. So let's see here. 
Here is one from central Wisconsin. Hi, thanks for being here. And he's asking, if we keep reincarnating, then why would ETs pick up the remaining folks in the end times as we would all just keep on reincarnating even to other worlds? Because life is precious. Right. They're not out to kill us. They're out to help us. And if we die before they get here, well, okay, we die. Um, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Every moment of your life, you should live it right up to the very end of your life. You should live in joy. Buddha said so. Buddha was pretty smart with that. We Surviving to learn to obtain wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Uh, playing games and not educating yourself is the worst thing you can do. So learning to tell the truth, being connected to the universe psychically. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, I don't listen to TV. I don't have to. I can hear universe talking uh, better. <laughs> it's way better. And nobody can lie to me. You cannot lie to me. Trust me. Preston's seen it happen live and in action. I'll hear somebody talking. Nope. Because <laughs> they're not. They're not telling the truth. And then I'll start investigating them and the information is pulled up and it's going, no, not telling the truth. You got to you gotta understand that there's more for you to learn here than you think there is. There's more here for you to understand about love than you think there is. There's more here for everything. What we're doing on a daily basis is really not okay because the world, your masters here have make, made you think that you have to own everything. You have to relish everything that you have to think that you can become a cyborg, just, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's all crazy talk and crazy belief systems. Don't do it. Learn on your own. Don't take anybody's word for anything, not even mine. Please don't research everything. The only way you're going to learn is if you employ the knowledge that you're getting. And the only way to do that is to verify, verify, verify. And you can't do that unless you've got a foundation for it. You'll learn it, you research it, and then you know. And then you employ it. So. All right. Good one. All right. Moving along. This one's for me. Awesome. Christopher Harmon says, what have you learned most present about your time aboard craft? That it's that it's awesome. It's fun that they're very evolved. I feel very humbled when I'm around them. I feel much better. It's difficult to be here on earth. There, I feel just that they're, they're awesome. I mean, it's just, I've, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to put it into words, honestly. Um, it's just very spiritual, very cool, um, and just wonderful in so many different ways. Uh, it's amazing to be around people who are that evolved. It elevates you. Right. And you become your best self. I guess that would be the best way of putting it. You learn who you are and how valuable you are. So I guess that would be a good way of putting it. All right. Let's hide that one and move on. And this is from Natasha, who's asking, have you ever heard about a baby presentation of a mantis baby? Yes, I certainly have. I've heard of baby presentations from completely human looking, but half gray, half human, all mantid, half mantid, every variation you can imagine. They're very much people who adore life and will, will present a baby to the people who are in any way um, amenable to that or involved with that or able to provide that nurturing love. Um, so yes, I have heard of that. Can't specifically recall an exact case, but if you want to email me, I, I can try to look one up because I do believe I've heard of several like that. 
All right, moving along. And this is a question for both of us. And it's from Janet, speaking of symmetry. When will the second one come? Here's the first one. And it, I didn't realize how much we were just skimming the surface. I get so frustrated when Dolly goes on a show and starts talking about, well, you could have told me that. I could have put that in the book. Because um, there's still quite a lot to say. I am going to estimate the early next year. I'm aiming for June of next year. But I'm always a little bit optimistic. So we'll see. Because I still need to put out another out-of-body book. I'm not from here. Volume 5. Which is almost completed anyway. That's right. Yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. So won't be too long. We are absolutely planning it. So thanks for that question. Okay, this is a repeat. So I'm going to unstar that one. Okay, this is from Doxy to Dolly. Question, do you know of anyone called Hattie or Hattie from a craft or an ET? Any ET named Hattie? Any craft called Hattie? Probably one out there. Yeah, there is a craft gun, and it's uh, Hati, and yes, her name is Hati, and we would say Hati, or people would think of that because that's a name here, but she pronounces it Hati, and she is a fifth-dimensional non-corporeal being, and yes, she is. A, she is. Doxy, you're going to have to yeah. message Dolly on Facebook or something, and she probably yeah. go into a little bit more detail about that because that's certainly a loaded question. <laughs> okay. I love this question because this is something a lot of UFO researchers have asked. And I wondered about this myself. And I've come to my own conclusions. I have my theories. And Barb Chubinsky is asking, why do people say UFOs have lights? I, why does an advanced race need lights? I think they're showing off to a certain extent. Okay, I'm going to give yeah. you the... Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't you know. <laughs> Everything, every cell, everything, every proton is light, okay? It is natural for us to want light. We are light connected here. I mean, your brain, as it's developing, sends eyeballs out so that you can see because it knows there's light out there and it wants to get to it. They have proven this because they've taken pieces of brains and started to regrow them, you know, and then things develop their own eyeballs. It is absolutely necessary to perceive light. Light is communication, all communication. So yes, and the entities who are in indwelling the craft can make any light they want to. They light up the inside for everybody to see. They put on shows. They can uh, hide themselves in plain sight. Uh, they'll, they'll light is a, absolute communication and they'll change colors for people there the ets do have a light language that they send to one another in space instead of trying to communicate you know they're all busy and everything so they'll they'll quick you know flash certain colors to one another especially when they're out in a lot of them at one time and they'll say okay okay and it's a it's a choreographed um, way of communicating to one another to make sure we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing when we're together like that. Light is communication and everybody does it. It is natural. You are a light being. When you're outside of your body, you are a fully lit being. You can't live without it because you are light. Okay? All right. All right. Cool. Yeah, they. I know they flashlights of people when they're pulling them on board. It's very entrancing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> they're really beautiful. They lit up, they light up like Christmas trees. Yes. And I think they're kind of showing off sometimes. Well, I know they are because so many people have told that to me. Yeah. All right, moving along. Here's a question from Jude McGill. What do you know about a false flag program called Bluebeam? This is the so-called ET threat that our government is putting forth and at some point are going to do something really nasty, masquerade as ETs. This is the buzz in the UFO community yeah. and try to convince people here on earth that ETs are nefarious when they're not and they know it. So that's what I know about that. And I'm really worried about it. Any comment, Dolly? It's already being implemented right now. And it, it, the governments don't call it Bluebeam. Black Ops don't call it Bluebeam. That's just a name that we put on it to, to make sure that we understood ourselves that this is actually happening. Okay. Uh, no government, nobody nefarious or underhanded will tell you what they were actually doing. You only have a hint of it or a whisper of it. Okay. And it's more involved than you know. So, yeah. All right. We have 30 questions. So if we could do them all in 30 seconds, we get to all of them. So we'll just do our best. Okay. Oy okay. Rat food is saying, I've heard the term my lab, but I can't research and find out what it means. It's M-I-L-A-B. And it's an acronym for military abduction. It's our government masquerading as ETs and using mind control and e psychic technology to fool people that they're having a encounter and they're generally quite negative. Yeah. And it's a real problem in this field. So that's what a my lab is. And if you look at it, I mean, there is M-I-L-A-B, type that in and you can find some stuff on that. Okay, moving along, Derek Galloway says, so the Draco reptilians aren't all bad then, Dolly? They, they belong here. They were here longer than we are. They're, they're from the time of the dinosaur. They're part of this ecosystem, Earth. They've been here forever, and the governments of this planet have found them, and they're doing terrible things to them, and they're making you think bad things about them. They are victims. So don't and well, Barbara Lamb, who we had on the show, had a very benevolent encounter with an, right. um, a reptilian. Yes, they're um, sentient beings like we are. They're very intelligent. They just don't like living. You know, their their natural habitat isn't on the surface. And um, so it's a very, very involved. And there's a lot of false things about them out there that you misleading. So, no, they're not all bad. They're not bad. They're just used and victimized by. Yeah. All right. I haven't really gotten a whole lot of reptilian reports, so it's hard for me to comment on them. I just don't get a whole bunch. All right. This is from Dave with five zeros. <laughs> and on Dolly's channel, she had a vid about how to be psychic. Any more vids in the future? I'm bugging you about that, Dolly. Yes. I have to. When we joined the network, it slowed me down a little bit because I have parameters now that I have to abide by. So yeah, um, this this uh, winter is going to be good for me to start up again, because um, it is, uh, I have less going on. Uh, you know, it's like living on a farm, you're not doing so much in the wintertime, you just get ready for next year. And that's not all the time. So yeah, there will be more. And I'll put them out. All right, here is a question from Vicki Campbell. Was Clifford Stone who he said he was? Well, I know who he, uh, he's 
involved in the crash retrieval program. He's one of the first whistleblowers. He seems very genuine. I can't say for sure. His book does have, I think, valuable information in it. Um, I, I, I suspect his story is legit. I don't know. I can't say I did talk to someone who did know him and found him very compelling. I don't know if you even know who Clifford Stone is, Dolly, but he's he wrote a book about UFO crash retrievals and how he was involved in them. Okay. Yeah, I think he's probably legit, but I just don't have enough information to really say one way or the other. So, yeah, but he did put a book out, I think. <laughs> I wish I could give you more information. But that's really about all I know. All right. Neural channels. I'm going to skip this one. Sorry. Thanks for the super chat. Okay. Dolly, there's a solar 11-year pole shift on 2025. Um, well, I'm not sure that's even a question. Um, yeah. Our sun's doing weird things. Our sun is in the middle of a pole shift as well, and it should reach its climax in 2025. You don't want, you don't want to be around for that. Trust me. You do not. It's, it's, it's our sun will micronova. I'm not kidding you. That's why they're coming to get us because you just don't want to be here for that. Uh, you want to know why the dinosaurs all died? There you go. The entire surface of the sun is going to blow off. It's been accumulating junk for 12,000 years and it will blow it off. And that will happen. And it's the pole change that makes it happen. Yep. All right. This is from Parsi. Hello from Australia. Nice. Something tic tac craft and orbs down under. Do you have any MUFON contacts in Australia? Gosh, I don't directly. You know, um, what's her name? Rowan? Yeah, Ro Bogue. Yep. I know she's investigating. And Susie Hansen, I think, is yeah. someone who is, you know, definitely a nice, good person. But if you yeah. email me, I can try to do some digging for you. But yeah. gosh, no one immediately comes to mind. I know it's a very hot subject there, like it is here and in England. And well, let's face it, it's definitely caught fire all over the world. Yeah. Wish I had more for you, but gosh, I really just don't know. But yeah, if you want to email me, definitely our our information is in the description on the show. Okay. And this is from Ashwin Venu. Did ETs give us advanced electronics in the last few decades to set us up for disaster once the solar event hits. What's your opinion about Elena Dannen? Okay, well, no, they're not giving us electronics. Electronics are going to go down when the CME hits. The idea here is to learn how to survive off-grid. That they have pushed for. They have been, uh, as a matter of fact, the world governments pushed back with global warming and they're wanting you to do this, this, and this. Yeah, they want everybody to be on solar. Ask yourself why that's more important when a solar a CME is going to knock it all down anyway. What are they thinking? Uh, it's very complicated what they're thinking. And no, they're not giving us anything, no technology like that at all. They've given us support, emotional support. They've given us good intentions to clean up our act, clean up our atmosphere, clean up our, you know, um, everything. If you want to know why we have a giant hole at the top, you know, in, in uh, shoot. Anyways, it's there because the sun's popping off and it destroys 
everything. I mean, it's just tough. We, we're taking hits. The center of the planet's eating up because of all the gamma radiation coming in. That's why so many volcanoes. Our crust is breaking loose. Our planet is spinning faster. We're now at less than 24 hours. It's going to get more than that. I mean, it's a big deal. What's so, the second half of that question? What's your opinion about Elena Dannett? Well, I will jump in. Um, no, ETs, I don't think, are giving us electronics. Uh, I think we've gotten some crashed UFOs and gotten some technology from them, but not given. And as far as Elena Dannon, there's a lot of people in this field. I've looked into her stuff. It doesn't match the research I've gotten from firsthand cases, but, you know, all power to her. Okay. I want to say something. I'm going to say something. Elena Dannon is a is a human being, and as far as that goes, I have no judgment from me on her, except to say this. If you tell lies and you misdirect people and you send them in the wrong direction, woe to you. Judging and creating things that are not real and living in a delusional state is a very, very serious matter. And I would work toward healing my own self if I were you before I talk too much more to people because we're we're in serious times. And if you're pushing people the wrong way, you need to ask yourself, why? How is this happening to you? And question everything. That's what I'm going to say. And this is nothing right. I haven't said to her directly through one of her videos. So that's it. Okay. What are your opinions on the soul trap matrix thing? False, not true. That is my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. It's not true. Correct. Um, I think it's fear-mongering disinformation. Right. How do you hold somebody prisoner? You make them believe that they can imprison even your soul. It's a lie. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Here is one from Christopher Harmon. When I do remote viewing, I work better and more accurately when I write but don't think. Do you, Dolly or Preston, do remote viewing? That is exactly how to do it. Don't think, don't overlay what you think it is. Just write down your impressions, draw. And yeah, I've done remote viewing and I'm getting better at it, but I find it a little bit difficult because I like to think. <laughs> and it's very hard for me to just leave that behind. <laughs> yeah, I know Dolly can do it really well. Remote viewing, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very much like an out-of-body experience, but frankly, easier, I think, in some ways. If you can just overcome your own mind trying to interpret it. Okay, moving along. This is from Jude McGill. Is it true that there are arcs waiting to evacuate some people? Oh, well, yeah. Arcs? You mean like motherships? Uh, yeah, they have planned a whole evacuation thing. Yeah, and there are huge, huge ships waiting to get you out of here. Yep. It's a big planet. There's a lot of people here. And I'm not seeing that that many people are going to be here when, when they come, but it's going to be a lot of people. So, yep. Okay. We still have another 10 minutes or so to get through as many questions as possible. So, um, again, sorry. We'll tr I'll go through these afterwards and try to answer some in. The yeah, afterwards. Show, but Liana King is asking, any advice on how to prepare for the CME event? Go off-grid, save water and food, get to out of this really crowded cities, move away from fear, don't 
pay attention to what our lying governments are talking about. Yep. And think about what it means to live yourself. outdoors. What do you have to do to do that? You know, how do you stay warm? How do you stay dry? Think about those things because the house that you're living in right now might not be usable after that CME. You need a bug out. Uh, on foot, you need a bug out bag. In other words, backpacks with essentials, water, whatever. You know, maybe a wagon that you can pull behind you. You need to understand that it is going to be a serious event when that CME hits. Very serious. And your home is not going to be okay. Okay. All right. Scarlet Fire is asking questions about two books, which I've read both. The Day After Roswell and Alien Interview. Both are great reads. Any opinions on whether they are based on fact? I like The Day After Roswell. I thought the first chapter was not correct. You know, it's just different from the rest of the book. But uh, Colonel Corso is apparently a legit uh, army guy or Air Force or whatever, military. And I think he's telling the truth as he knows it. And I think it's a good book worth reading and one of very few UFO books that hit the bestseller list. As far as the Alien Interview um, book, I read it. It was a great read. And I found it very compelling. But after talking to the guy and really looking into it and doing an investigation on it, there's a lot of questions surrounding it. I'm a little bit wary of it. So... Yeah, I'm going to and I grew up knowing who, huge question mark on that one. I grew up knowing who Corso is. That, that name has been uh, relayed to me multiple times for different reasons. So, yep. All right, then you give him a thumbs up. Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure everything in that book is true, but I think that some. We of all it have is. a different perspective, how we understand, and it might not be exactly absolutely correct, but he's. He tried very hard to be as honest as he could. So, um, can you tell us why the Five Eyes program has gone quiet? No, I don't know anything about it. Never heard of it. If you want to email me, I'll I can try to research it. But I really have no idea. All right, so I'm going to move along from that one. So, sorry, Derek, I just don't know. Yeah. Okay. And this is from Fun Talks TV. And he's asking to Dolly, I've been asking for contact for a year now and no luck, unfortunately. But I have grown a stronger bond with the universe in general. Should I still try to reach for contact? Yeah, the more psychic you become, you have to literally, um, how do I put this? Contact now is going to be psychic, totally psychic. They're going to remote view you if you get through to them. They probably are hearing you. And then you have to be open to it, allowing that experience to come in at you. That's important. You know, you just have to just let it happen and it will. And uh, you have to, like I said, verify everything. If you ask them a question, verify the answer. In other words, verify who you're talking to because there are things going on on this planet now that are questionable. We are blocked a lot from psychic transmissions from ET now as well because we have a huge neural net above our heads and the governments now have a working supercomputer AI that is interfering. So be careful because I call it baby. It has a B name, but I refuse to use it or say it gives it um, no. <laughs> I've heard it. It's tried to communicate with me and I just tell it to shut up and go away from me. Um, it, it can speak to everybody on this planet psychically. So you have to 
you have to question who's contacting you. Be very well aware because it could be one of three things. It could be ET contacting you. It could be one of your relatives that's passed away. It could be a demon and they do exist. They're real. Or it could be babies. So be careful. Verify everything. Okay? Verify who you're talking to when they come into you. All right, here is another question as quickly as possible, Dalek. This one is for you because we do have more questions that we're just not going to get to. Sorry, guys. We'll answer them in chat, and we're going to do another Q&A for sure. But Jennifer Rocho is asking, can you think of any reason why E.T. would need to climb up a building to a window instead of just poof coming inside the child's room? Hmm would climb up a building into yeah. a window was it a uh in a city i, I need yeah, a little i need more information that's not yeah. enough information for me to really answer why, why would a ufo exactly. show themselves outside of a window and why not just beam in without even no. showing themselves they can get you anywhere at any time i have never i personally me 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 my experience none of our People have ever on board climbed out of up a building into a window, nothing. Not climbed up, but hovered outside of one. Oh, outside a building? Now they can hover and pull you out. Yep. But why would they do that if they can just pull you without being seen? Because they want to be seen. Sometimes they do, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of reports. There's a famous lady and some ambassador's wife or something. No, I know who you're talking about, the Brooklyn yeah, in broad daylight in front of God and everybody. So, yeah, they can do what they want to do. So All there's right. reasons. Okay. Well, if you want to contact Dolly or me, we can probably go into more detail about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to show our, our promo again before we go. So I have to have time to do that. Also, I want to hear about your book, where it's at, because it's a good one. I, I was excited when you were putting it together. And I want them all to know about your latest book. My book? Are you talking yeah. to me, Dolly? Yes. <laughs> Humanoids and High Strangeness, this one? Yes. Okay. Oh, you don't want to answer a few more questions? Uh, okay, all right. Okay, sure. Um, okay, let's just okay. go real quick. I need quick. time to do it, though. Let's We're at it. the top of the hour, and I've been told expressly in the last meeting we got to stop. So oh, we really don't have time. I thought we get the two full two hours. We still got 10 minutes. No, we don't. We don't go to 10 after we go straight up to the top of the hour. Oh, I was right. reminded of that, yeah. All right, New then just one more quick question then. Okay, Sorry, hurry, hurry, hurry. Okay. Do the ETs interact with Christ consciousness? The ETs are aware that uh, there is a God. They don't call it God. They call it the all mind. They're aware of everybody on the other side. They're fully conscious and they're fully uh, psychic enough to do what I do. I can go between, okay, mentally, you know, physically, you know, my, my consciousness can leave here and go there. And they know who they are, they know why they are, and they know everybody. So I can't speak to each individual ET, but collectively, the consciousness of them all, they're totally aware of spirituality and what's going on on the other side. That's the best way I can describe that to you. All right. Well, here's a message from Michelle. She says, there's no one after you. You're fine. <laughs> so we're not in a huge rush. Okay. So all right. Well, let's squeeze right. In, we'll squeeze in a few more questions, but we do want to stop before the two-hour thing because that does cause issues. Yeah, we lose the ability to be online after that. They won't archive it. Okay, if All we right. go over the timeline, it won't go to archive. So, so here's a question on your shore. Have the ETs ever said anything about those who meet their twin flame in this lifetime? <laughs> okay. Um, quickly, this Dolly, quickly. 
Okay. Yes, there are twin flames. I have met mine. Uh, no mine. Uh, it is, I waited my whole life to meet my twin flame. Can you imagine? Uh, so yeah. And it's not love, a, a love affair. Like you would think about it. You're, you're, you're both sides, you know, opposite sides of the same piece and you work together to work on your karma. That's why you come together from time to time in different lifetimes. You're here to work off one another to help each other through because you are the same. Okay. That's what a twin flame really actually is. Okay. All right. Can you talk about energetic implants? Um, energetic implants. I have a few. I have one in my high sinus right here. I have, I have one in my thumb right here. They're, they're for healing mostly, right? Yes, absolutely. And I have one that's in my hand. It's a key. That's what I've learned, yeah. And uh, I'll talk about that on, on uh, uh, Thursday with Michelle. And uh, we'll, we'll, The Outer we'll, Realm, which is an yes. awesome show. If you get a yes. chance to check it out third, yes. every Wednesday and Thursday, is it? Yes, at 9, 10 p.m. is when it starts. Yes. And the I'll be realm. on this Thursday talking to Michelle about all that. I have pictures even and all kind of cool stuff. So, yeah. It's very right. important. Let's go rapid fire because we've got two more minutes to. Yeah. All right. Is it possible to remember a past life not on this planet? Asks Susie B. 100% yes. 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 In fact, I didn't mention that, but I do remember, remember a little bit being an ET. I don't really remember a whole lot, but I remember a little bit. Just I don't have details. I just remember the feeling. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay. We should probably. Just wrap it up with this. Um, gosh, I'll one just more, one more. I'll pick one, one of these. Okay. Gray troll. What can a contactee do to become conscious of the experiences? Meditate. Write it down. Everything. Um, yeah. Let your mind wake up to it. Okay. You. Uh, it's a type of self-hypnosis is what it is. You shut your eyes. You go from whatever contact you've had that you remember and replay it slowly second to second if you have to and very calmly allow the experience to broaden in your mind and turn the light on on what you were seeing and doing and you will eventually come back into that memory your mind will go oh yeah there it is and you'll do it i promise you you will you have to be calm about it though because it can be very emotional so you have to be meditative you have to tell yourself you're going to be okay no fear and you put yourself in a safe place while you do it no Buddy bugging you or anything is sit on the floor if you have to. And, you know, I sat on the floor. I figured, you know, I'm not going to fall down from freaking out. And I sat on the floor in the dark. So you can do it. I promise. Just takes time. The outer realm, Louise, the outer realm is Michelle's show, not the yeah. inner realm. Yeah, the outer realms with Michelle de Roche and Amelia. And Amelia, forgive me. What's your last name? Paisano. Yes. <laughs> Woo, I remember. Thank you. I'm not so good with names. Numbers all day long. Yeah, it's the Outer Realms. And Amelia's going to be there, too. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. So. All right. Well, you guys, we're going to have to wrap this up. I love all the wonderful comments you're giving. So thank you so much for being here. I was nervous. We weren't going to get a lot of questions. But we got more than we could handle. But we did get through almost 90% of them. Yep, so yep, yep. Th thanks very much yep. for coming on. Yeah. I also mm -hmm. want to give a huge shout out to all the people who were so generous with their super chats, because believe me, that absolutely does help us out a Absolutely, lot. yes. Um, yeah, we don't make a lot of money doing this. 
not at all. And we have to pay to be on certain parts of the network. And so this helps finance us to be on the network, to be able to come to you like this. So. Yeah, it's, it's helping me to improve the my production value on my YouTube channel, yes. yep. which thank you guys for supporting that because that yep. is going by leaps and bounds. Exactly. Thank exactly. you very much for the super chats and for all the kind words. Okay. So we were at the we're at the United Public Radio Network coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana. They're at uh, 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We have a Halloween special in our network coming up tomorrow, and I'm going to run the promo for you. So we're going to say goodbye now because after the promo, we're done. Love you. <laughs> Look for me this Thursday and then again us next Monday. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.